Welcome to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself, where we talk about experiencing freedom and passion through different kinds of travel. This season, we're talking with people from all over the world about living life as a vacation. It comes from a phrase that I've been using about my own life since about 2006. It's how I describe my life. My life is a vacation. Today, I talk with Linda King about just that, her life lived as a vacation. And while talking with Linda, I was reminded of a quote by Susan Sontag, an American writer. She says, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. And that quote fits my conversation with Linda to a T. Here's a little taste. And my mind was blown as a child. I was like, my goodness. And then started talking to my parents and saying, can we do this forever? And they were like, well, maybe you should do it when you, when, you know, when you leave school and then get a job. <laughs> and then I, I took all the steps to do that. This is Antonio Goodwin, your host, and you're listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. Get ready for takeoff, buckle up, here we go. So we'll jump straight in. Is there anything you'd like to share about yourself or you want to say in the space about who you are and what you do? I'm a travel writer, author, and travel blogger and founder of the Smart Travelista. So my background is in travel. So I was a travel agent for an airline, then left that and went into finance. So it went into banking. I've closed the circle back. I'm back into working in travel, but all the way through that I've traveled. So, you know, obviously as a travel agent used to guide and send clients overseas, sent myself overseas at the same time. Also, the side hustle is the travel writing, sharing of the tips and all that sort. And it's sort of more about my expertise. So I've got a lot of travel experience tips that I share with everyone. So that's awesome. um, Yeah. So you have travel as a part of your life in general, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yes. What got you into travel in general such that you found, I don't know, would you call it a career path as a travel agent? What took you there? So as a child, my parents took us around on a road trip around Australia for four months. I didn't know about travel until that point, And we saw some amazing things. Australia is an amazing country, I have to say. I live here and was born here, but it's an amazing place. And my mind was blown as a child. I was like, my goodness. And then started talking to my parents and saying, can we do this forever? And they were like, well, maybe you should do it when you, when you know, when you leave school and then get a job. <laughs> and then I, I took all the steps to do that. I did a travel qualification as I was at school. And then, yeah, and then I did some networking at some travel events where I had some friends there. And one thing led to another and they said that there was jobs going and applied for a job and then the rest is history. And then end up working at the airline and, yeah, sort of never look back from that point. But I think my whole life has been involved in travel in one respect or another, whether it's traveling myself, you know, other people traveling, helping them travel at the moment, still traveling, but then also writing about it and sharing the tips. So yeah, it's a major part of my life, I would say. And my life is definitely a vacation. (laughs) We're going to get more into that because I'm looking forward to hearing more about what Mm. that looks like for you. The moment that you mentioned when you were a kid and you said, can we do this forever? What do you think had you experienced that? What was that about? It was just so exciting and so stimulating. And it was so different to my own life that I knew back home. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this is amazing. It was just the excitement of it all and and not knowing what you're going to see the next day. Well, if I think now about the travel, 
if you're going to a new place, it's very similar. You can do research on the place, but you don't actually know that culture until you step into it and live it. So it was very exciting. And I think as a kid, you're very open to those sorts of things. You're very, I suppose, innocent in a way. And everything comes at you and it's like, if I had to have one word, it was wow. I I was just wowed and yeah, had that conversation and they were like, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like the world is your oyster. You get to create it. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember any wow moments? You said it was amazing. It was different from what you were used to or even what you expect. There were moments of discovery. Mm. Do you have any moments that while you were a kid on the road trip, like I, I never thought about this or this is different for me, this is new? Well, I'd never met an Indigenous person. Uh, And so we were up in Northern Territory and I really hadn't met anyone that was Indigenous, but they are the most loveliest people. But Mm. that to me, because, you know, obviously they're different to me, it was wonderful and so kind they were and very lovely. As far as the scenery was concerned, I think the thing that really blew my mind is we went across the Nullarbor Plains from heading west across the continent, heading back to the east coast. The Nullarbor Plains is where the cutoff is in. If you look at the, the map of Australia, there's a bit of a bite off at the bottom mm-hmm. that, and the Great Australian Bite, they call it. Uh-huh. You've got to go across the Nullarbor Plains to actually get to the Great Australian Bite. The Nullarbor Plains is a massive red earth road and you don't see anyone And when you see someone, you'll be waving madly because you hadn't seen anyone for a few hours. But as you're going across, there's a point in the Nullarbor where you can see the Great Australian Bight out of the bottom of Australia. And it's just cliffs, water and amazing scenery. And I was like, my God, I just can't believe that I'm seeing this. So whenever I see the the bite out of the bottom of Australia, the memories that come back to me are those visions that I saw, which were totally mind-blowing for me as a kid. About how old were you? I was probably about 10. About 10. So it was truly amazing. And my brother was younger than me and he was in awe as well. So it was really good because our parents started us off on that travel journey. Yeah. Giving us that opportunity. And it sounds like quite a formative experience, such that you were a kid who recognized the awe of it all. That lots of times kids aren't as reflective, maybe, mm-hmm. but there seems to have been an indelible impression during that moment of just travel and noting difference and not being afraid of something different, including mm. different spaces or different people, different cultures. There's something that you were quite open to experiencing mm. the difference of it and travel actually opened you up to it. Yeah, I think everyone's got a different reason why they start travel, but that was sort of the start for me. So as you moved into the travel industry and you became a travel agent with a particular airline, what types of discoveries did you find in terms of setting up trips for people's experiences or was there anything that you discovered? Well, I think before I was a travel agent, I didn't really understand all the planning that was involved with a trip. You know, as a kid, my parents plan the trip. We didn't really get involved in that. We we just experienced it, right? So, but then booking for someone else, it was like, oh gosh, I didn't realise you've got to take the time difference in consideration, you know, the timings of the flights, connecting up with tours. Yeah, so that, that was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, but I think once you start that, you become obviously very experienced in that. And I do that for myself now as well, which is like second nature. But I think when you're younger, you think about all these places, you see them on TV, you learn about them. I think going there is a different experience altogether. What do you, you think is different? Some, mm-hmm. 
Well, because you see a different view of it. So you you see it on TV or you might learn about history at school. When you're there, it's different. I don't think anyone could prepare you for the feelings that you have when you actually arrive. Mm. It's sort of like a different concept seeing it on TV or, or somewhere else. But actually being in that, all the emotions and the feelings that you have, no one could prepare you for that. And I think for me, when I first went overseas, that was critical too in my life because I'd never been abroad. So I'd been in Australia, but I'd never been abroad. And yeah, that was like, my God, this is amazing. I thought going around Australia was amazing. This is topping even that. (laughs) Like it was, yeah. So I think... You know, people say, well, why don't I need to travel because I can just watch documentaries? Uh Uh-uh. You have to actually travel to actually get the experience. And it's more memorable, I think, being there. You know, it sounds to me very similar to describing what something tastes like and tasting Mm. something. It's Mm. quite a different experience. It's conceptual versus the actual Mm. sense of it. Tasting, smelling. The first place you went when you traveled abroad was where? So I went to London. Ah. We have these things called Kentucky tours in Australia. I don't know whether you know about them overseas. At, you know, at a certain age, everyone gets together and then we all go around and we go partying and drinking and <laughs> sightseeing and then sleeping on the bus. And so I went to London and then I was meeting up with the people for that tour. London was great. It was sort of what I expected. But what really blew my mind is when we hit Europe. Europe was, I think, the second big wow moment in my life, seeing Rome. Paris, the leading tower of Pisa and, and all these other things. Yeah, I had to pinch myself and I said to the person next to me, are we really here? Because I just don't believe it. That's amazing. What do you think has it like, man, I don't even believe I'm here. Is it that you hadn't envisioned that you would take the trip or that you envisioned it for such a, a long time and that it's now actually happening? You're present in the moment. That feels surreal. Well, I've done a lot of history and I'd done a lot of languages at, at high school. So I knew a lot about the places. I knew a lot about France and Italy and all that. But again, it's as you said, it's conceptual. It's it's not, you've got no experience of it. It's only what you've read, what you've seen. So when I got there, yeah, it, it just sort of closed the gap for me, I suppose. I knew all that background, but I, I hadn't experienced it. And to be able to then talk about that to someone else and really give them advice about it, you have to actually experience it. Because if you don't, all you're really giving them is stuff that they can read from a book themselves. So it's more the experience and the knowledge that you can then give to others about it. Mm -hmm. So now that you have some experience behind you and you're working as a travel agent, how did you find that that particular travel experience aided and creating experiences for other folks in travel? Well, I think after doing that, whenever I spoke about travel, my face would light up because I knew exactly what they were headed for and how great that was going to be for them. And it was especially wonderful when with someone that was brand new to travel because I had experienced that myself and I could prepare them really well. And I could say to them, you know, just take it all in, absorb it all. It's going to be a wonderful experience and, and be able to really guide them and, and I suppose mentor them in a way and to tell them what they should look out for. And I think it meant I was a better travel agent actually having that travel. And I think most travel agents would say the same, that they can't really be who they are in that job unless they've done it themselves. It just makes it more powerful. Mm-hmm. And you get excited with them and that gets them excited. So it's it's about it's not only going there, it's about how you feel beforehand. Like it's a whole experience from 
planning it all the way through to doing it. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful point that travel and experiencing the freedom and passion of it isn't just being on the trip. That being on the trip actually starts with the intention or the goal to even want to go anywhere, to start yeah. to do the work and the preparation. I love that. I imagine that makes a difference as a travel agent. And it sounds like for you and people that you've worked with, your clients actually got to experience what that was like because that was your approach. Like this is an experience for you even now in the planning so that all the way through they're having the experience of whatever it is they're creating. I like to say freedom and passion and travel. What do you think? Yeah, I think you've got to start from the beginning. It's a journey. And if you don't really want to go there, then don't go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you, But you haven't got the passion for it, right? So I, I take, for instance, a bucket list. So you might have a bucket list where there's places that you've always wanted to see. So for instance, for me, it was a place called Salzburg. You've probably seen the movie Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Every year it comes on. And I'd always wanted to see those mountains that they ran up and sang along and all that. <laughs> So for instance, you've got a bucket list and there's something from your childhood that you really want to see, that takes on another level altogether Mm. because you've built all these thoughts and memories and expectations about that place that when you get there, that's a lot to live up to, right? Yeah. But in my experience, when I went there, it lived up to it and it exploded it even more so because the place was more beautiful than I ever saw in that movie. It was just totally jaw-dropping beautiful. So if you don't really want to go somewhere, you're not going to be invested in that. And I think that's pretty much everyone when they're planning to go somewhere, there's some sort of interest at some level of wanting to go to that place. Then I think as a travel agent, it's your job to get them excited Mm. because it's an experience for them. They're paying a bit of money to go to this place. It's about whether they can get everything out of this that they've paid for and more. And more. Love that. Mm. I got to ask, when you went to Salzburg, Salzburg, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. When you went there <laughs> to the mountains, did you twirl like Maria von Trapp and sing, the hills are alive? Absolutely. You Absolutely. Had to. So, yeah, there's a place, there's a Mirabel Gardens is where a lot of the scenes have done. So you've got like the fountain and the steps and, you know, the little gnomes that you pat on the head and all that and the big long grass. It's all around that area. But, yeah, there's like a little goat herd, you know, the little goat herd where they do the little puppets. Yes. I've got a little soft toy goat herd and the bus driver goes, you must get it. You must get a, a picture with the goat herd. <laughs> This is the one where she sings Lay 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 with the marionettes. Yes. Ah, that's yeah, the fantastic. little marionettes. Yeah, yes. and it's like the little the little baby goat. Yes. Yeah, so I, I got the little baby goat soft toy while I was there. Every time I look at that, I think of that as well. But yeah, if anyone's in Vienna, a really good trip from Vienna is the, the train ride from Vienna to Salzburg. The scenery is jaw dropping. Like just being on that train and looking out there and back. So I think it's about a three-hour train ride and I did it quite early in the morning. The scenery was just amazing. And when I got there, it blew my expectations. Um, If you've ever been to, say, Switzerland or somewhere in the the mountains, the air is so pure. There's no pollution and it's just really pristine that the atmosphere and the air there. I hope that place never changes because it's just, it's so amazing. And it brings such joy to people. You know, it's obviously on their bucket list or a childhood dream and they go there and they feel like that they've succeeded in fulfilling one of their dreams. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
I, you know, it's not on my bucket list and I don't have a bucket list. I just have a desire to go and I'm going to go. <laughs> but I love the the idea of hearing stories about people's experiences because now I can add that to something I want to experience. Now, Vienna, I have considered, but in connection to the musical, not even, and I loved that musical. As a kid, mm-hmm. I remember watching it and, and loved it. And now it's a place I'm going to have to go to for sure. It was very interesting. It's a very rich place, Salzburg. And obviously, Santa Music's made the place very famous. So if you ever go to Vienna, there's a lot in Vienna. I could talk to you for hours, Antonio, about every, everywhere. <laughs> we'll pause here for a brief message brought to you by The Interpreted Life, LLC, committed to creating a world where everyone thrives using life design and intentional living. Maybe you or someone you know is figuring out life's next moves while in the midst of a change that you want to make or that you have to make. We coach people through that process by helping them live better, fuller, more extraordinary lives through sustained moment-by-moment thriving. The Interpreted Life, creating a life you love and living that life with passion. For more information, go to www.theinterpretedlife.com. Speaking of, it it shows and you glow with the idea that Mm. my life is a vacation. So Mm. just on this conversation alone and how you light up when you talk about your experiences and you talk about travel, what does it mean for you? If if you were to say to someone, hey, like if you were to meet me, Antonio, you know, my life is a vacation. What would that mean for you? How is it expressed? Yeah. So my life as a vacation, I think vacations are like a prominent part of my life. And, you know, obviously being in travel, it's something that we talk about on a daily basis pretty much. But my life as a vacation, I think you do your work, but then you know that you've got that vacation ready to recharge. I think it's a healthy way to be. So you are in charge of how your life is. So you can make your life really good or you can make it not so good. When you think about a vacation, vacations in most cases are good. So saying that your life is a vacation, I think what you're really saying is you've got a positive mindset and that you want to make your life the best it can be. And part of that is a vacation, Mm. you know, making it like a vacation, I suppose. Making it like a vacation. How does it show up for you? Or does it show up for you that way? It does show up for me that way when I I travel. But then you've got the unexpected as well, Antonio. So things, you know, as much as we love Instagram-worthy pictures and lovely trips, (laughs) it sometimes doesn't always go that way. So you've got to be realistic that life can be a vacation, but there's that, but things can go wrong. I think you've got to tr- try and be positive in life. Life is up and down, you know, there's good and there's not so good, but it's what you learn and, and experience out of it, I think, that and, and that it makes you a better person, you know. What, like you mentioned, life as a vacation means that it brings both challenges and moments of bliss. What have you experienced either in planning a vacation or being on vacation that you would say, man, this was a challenge, this was unexpected, and I don't know if this is what I'd want to experience again, but I've learned from it. I have so many stories. I've actually written a book about these stories, Ah. Annex from Abroad. But one I would say that I probably haven't spoke about 
recently is being detained at the Chinese border. Detained? What happened? Well, I was in Shenzhen. So I was staying in Hong Kong and took the train to Shenzhen and did shopping as you do. So I had a lot of shopping. You've got the border where you've got to go through to then get on the train to go back to Hong Kong or now China. What happened was, I didn't know at the time, but well, I won't tell you what I actually happened. I'll tell you at the end. But what happened was I got to the customs guard. He looked through my passport took a little bit longer than normal and then said to me, come with me. And I said to him, so what, what, why? Because, you know, at best time that had happened to me. Next thing I know, I was in this room with a group of men, women, and they all looked at me like as if to say, what are you doing in here? (laughs) Because I wasn't a normal sort of person that was brought into one of these rooms. So initially I was a little bit angry. I was like, what have they got me in here for? This is ridiculous, you know? Mm. Obviously, I observed what was going on in the room. And again, I write about it in the book, what happened. But it felt like I was in there for about three hours, but I think it was probably only about half an hour. But, you know, when you're a little bit worried, things blow out of proportion. What happened was I misplaced a document in my passport, the, the exit visa, and it wasn't in the passport. So they thought I was trying to abscond and and stay in China. So they had to ring the airport to find out had I actually come into Hong Kong. And so, yeah, so got detained there. But, you know, it was an experience I I don't think I want to go through again Mm. because it felt felt like a bit of a criminal, which I knew I wasn't. But but then I thought to myself, next time I'm going to be really careful with the travel documents, make sure they're all, all together. Not a good experience. I can laugh about it now. And and to tell you the truth, I was taking photos. It said, do not take photos at the border. And I was taking photos. And I thought initially that was the reason they had me in there because they had me on camera. <laughs> well, that's pretty brave or bold yeah. or foolhardy. I don't know which one you want to take. Yes. But... <laughs> so what were so- you taking pictures of? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I like taking photos of everything. And I didn't realise until after I'd taken the photos at the border that you weren't allowed to do that. And I went, oh, my God. It said photos are forbidden. And I didn't realise, but I'd already taken the photos. And I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, going to be locked up. <laughs> oh, take my, no. Going to take my camera. And yeah, anyway, it wasn't that. Thank God. <laughs> yes because that would have been even worse. I've had quite a few of those experiences, different experiences. You become more resilient and stronger, I think, going through the the not-so-good situations. And you you know how to cope next time, if there is ever a next time. Yeah, you got to take the good with the not-so-good, and I wouldn't have it any other way, really. Yeah, that's an adventure, for sure. Mm. Wow. Thank goodness there was freedom to be had. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's the the critical point, right? Oh my gosh, I can only imagine the thoughts that were going through your mind, particularly after finding, I'm not supposed to take these pictures. That's a close call. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Good stuff. I do want to know, in light of the challenge, if you have any favorite spaces, it could be cities, it could be countries, but any favorite spaces that you enjoy experiencing time in around the world or even in Melbourne? I always gravitate back to Italy. So I've been there many times. It's very comfortable for me and very relaxing when I go there. But I would say the whole world's an amazing place, Antonio. I would go anywhere. I love going to new places because it's just the experience and and learning about others, other places. So for instance, this year, I'm going to South Korea in March, which I've never been to, which I think will be an absolutely interesting place. Also going to the Cook Islands, Rarotonga, 
Yeah. Which, which is not a place that many people go to, but I'm heading heading that way and then heading off to Thailand at the end of the year as well. But yeah, I like to go to places that I've been to, but also new places because it's about learning and growing and learning about different places. South Korea is very interesting. They've got the shopping, but then they've also got the fact that they're very close to North Korea, the demilitarised zone. So it's going to be a very interesting place. I have to make sure I be careful when I'm there. With your documents. <laughs> yes, with absolutely. South Korea, less of an issue, but still. How long are you yeah. going to be in, in South Korea? Oh, only for five days. Five days. Yeah, yeah. But I'll be having a bit of a look around. And yeah, it, it, I think the beauty of travel is the freedom that you've got, you know. You, your podcast is freedom now. I, th- I would agree with that. It's freedom now. And it's up to us where we want to go. And it's freedom. Travel is freedom, among other things. It's the freedom to be able to go places, the freedom to be able to learn, the freedom to be able to experience different things. And I think, you know, for the last few years when we were in lockdown, we didn't have that freedom and it was not pleasant, I have to say. It was necessary, but it wasn't pleasant. And Mm. I think everyone is now getting back to the swing of things. I know myself, I'm making up for lost time for the things that I couldn't <laughs> <Sounds like> do. <laughs> yeah, the three trips but, um, you have planned, yes. Already. I've actually got to work one next week as well. We're going to Philippines, so that'll be good as well. Yeah, I'll need a big lie down, I think, after it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need a vacation from the vacations. One of the things you bring out, particularly when you mention you have a work trip coming up, the idea of work-life balance. I'd like to talk about the hustle and grind versus freedom and ease that can that happens when one views one's life as a vacation, at least for me, when I view my life as a vacation and, and I approach it that way. How do you have that balance or how do you even experience work in light of that phrase? So, I think work is necessary, but it's about how you rest and recover as well. I think the travel, when it's a personal travel and maybe to a little bit of an extent with work travel, it's about what you do to just sit in peace and sometimes do nothing. You know, just sit down and just either meditate or just do think of nothing. That recharges you. Sleep's an amazing thing as well. I think without sleep, you don't really get much done. So it's, it's I find that really important. Another thing I, re- I find really important, and I do it every day, is exercise. Exercise is a really good way to recharge. Hmm. It's funny, when you do your exercise, you actually get ideas. It's because your brain and your body is relaxing in a way hmm. yeah. with the exercise that things then come to you. But I think everything's got to be in balance. All work and no rest well, you're not going to be able to do that for a very long time because you'll burn out. For me, that's the best balance, having all those things in place. Do you find that you structure your life considering how you want to rest? Or do you tend to have the structure of work and then you introduce periods of rest? Yeah, I I think I do have rest already structured in my day. When I don't have it structured in my day, the body takes over and then I end up getting sick. So I'm better off having that downtime structured in the day. You're going to get your rest one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. You decide you're going to create yeah. the moments of your rest. How, how yes. do you apply that on the macro level? Do you do the same thinking as you've thought about your travel when you're going mm. to Thailand at the end of the year and the Philippines for work and Korea Yes. and Cook Islands? Do you find that you have looked at your calendar and said, These are moments of rest where I want to be able to recover so that I can produce even more. How how do you do that planning? I think about where I'm going and I think about firstly the weather and what's there. 
with all those places that I'm going to, they've all got heated pools or cool pools. (laughs) So I intend on doing a bit of swimming Uh while I'm over there. And that's always a really great way to exercise. All those places are going to be a great place to reflect and also observe. I try with every trip I go on to incorporate exercise into it, swimming, massages and and maybe spa treatments because Mm -hmm. they're all ways to recharge. In Bangkok, I'm staying in a hotel, which is very nice, and they've got a spa there. So I'll be spending a bit of time in the spa (laughs) and also laying around by the pool and doing a bit of swimming. South Korea, I think it'll be the massages and potentially the, the spa. And Cook Islands, well, I've got the beach there, so I'll be doing a lot of swimming and also mm-hmm. looking around. The Philippines, Philippines, it's definitely going to be the work plus the shopping. And then they've got a fantastic pool too, so I'll be in the pool after work, maybe for a massage later. But yeah, you've, you've most definitely got to think about those things because really it's your trip, right? But I like my shopping. I like the spa treatments. I like doing a bit of exercise. I like a bit of walking around and observing and taking photos. So it's about fitting that all in, but in a nice, comfortable, slow way, if you can. Yeah. You, you don't want to be going, all right, I've done my photos. I've now got to go to the pool. Then I've got to go to the gym. And, and you don't want to be stressed around what you're doing. I have the idea in my mind, this may be the first and last time I ever go here. I've got to make it a great trip. I've got to really absorb and get everything I can out of this. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, I end up going back to these places again. But then that means it's going to be a different trip because I've done everything I needed to do the first time. What are we going to do this time? It's going to be maybe a little bit different. Less of an introduction. No need for the pleasant now we're ready to yes. hit the ground running and to discover what else there is under the next layer of culture and difference and enjoyment. Yes. That's really great. Yep. What would you like to leave us with? I would say if you could do one thing in your life, do travel, even a little bit. It will change you as a person. You will learn so much. It's an education. If you go on your own, you'll learn about yourself. And it, it's amazing. It actually makes you more grateful about where you live. Actually, you think back and you go, I've got it really good where I am Mm. and I didn't even know do it because it will change your life. And about me, if you want to find out about anything that I'm doing, visit thesmarttravelista.com and everything that I do is on that website. Happy for a chat if anyone wants to reach out. Travel's my favourite topic. Thank you, Linda. It's been a joy talking with you and actually travelling with you. Thanks for having me, Antonio. I really enjoyed our chat. You've been listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. You just heard Linda King describe what she means by her life lived as a vacation. Travel, travel, travel. She said, if you can do one thing, travel. And remember, she also added, don't be stressed around what you're doing when you do travel. Make it a great trip and make it count. It was a great conversation with Linda, and maybe one day soon you'll hear me talk about showing up at the Mirabelle Palace Gardens in Salzburg singing, The hills are alive with the sound of Antonio. (laughs) Of course, that's not the sound of music words, but hey, it works. This episode was produced by Antonio Goodwin, your host, and Jonathan Murphy. Research and project support provided by Research Dynamo, Dr. Katrina Murphy. Be sure to subscribe, find us on any platform where you play your podcasts, or just Google Freedom Now Travel Podcast. And by all means, share this with other folks. They want to be inspired too by all this freedom and passion expressed and experienced through travel. I look forward to being with you the next time. Ciao for now.